Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your car night fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. United's unbeaten match-up, the League 2 table continues as Doncaster are comprehensively seen off at Brunton Park. We look back on that 3-0 win and look ahead to another mouth-warring tie as fellow promotion contenders Leighton Orient make the long trip up north this weekend. Yes, that march up the table continues, doesn't it, Dan? We've got Super Paul Simpson. Comprehensively. Oh, that! Why I put? I, I don't know why I put long words in the intro because it always. <laughs> yeah, we always have to record up. them about seven times. Don't yeah, we? only twice today. To be fair, that's not too yeah. bad. But uh, yeah, first time you've been on for a couple of weeks, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all been good in the in the but, world of Cal United, at least, hasn't it? Getting the uh, silverware polish ready for me. Indeed, indeed, Olaf. Hey, well, it's looking good at the moment, isn't it? I mean, not so good in the injury in the injury room, but you know, you can't have everything, I guess, can you? There you go. Which which just shows how well we are doing now, doesn't it? Exactly that. Exactly that. Right, uh, we'll get underway. But first, uh, our usual little notices at the start of the episode. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cali Knight Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cali Knight fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. If you just search the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get it straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the companies.net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Right, Dan, let's get into it then. Uh, we've got the news section now. We've got a few bits to cover. And um, let's start with the, with the news. Something that happened this week. Now, yes, I know we normally don't talk about the Peter Trophy. But unfortunately, thanks to the action of one clown in the Barrow End, uh, we have to this week, don't we? Mm. Yeah, this this was hmm, quite quite the incident, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, if, for those who aren't aware, who have you know, been hiding in a cave for the last few days, um, United played a Barrow in the Peace Trophy for a, a winner-takes-all tie, wasn't it, uh, in midweek? Um, and yeah, three minutes into the game, a firework was thrown on the pitch. Mm. What goes through someone's head to think this is the right thing to do? But basically, what happened was, if, if you haven't seen Hulk Street before, there's, there's an end behind one of the goals. What behind one of the goals? There's no fans because it's it's a big, like almost like a um, clubhouse and things like that, isn't it? Changing rooms. But then at the other end, you've got the Hulk Street, which is not a very good stand at all. Half of it is for the home fans. The other half is for the away fans. If, the, if it was if yeah. it was left as one open terrace for the home fans, it'd be decent. Yeah. Well, they've had to split it up for away fans, etc., haven't they? It's and a segregation. Yeah. yeah. Now, basically, the, the usual group of youths were in there behind the goal, and um, Mick Kelly was going to take a, um, a goal kick, basically, and, and something was thrown on it. Landed round about the penalty spot, didn't it? And at first, your first thought is, "Oh, it's a you know those smoke bombs or flares or something like that has gone on." And Kelly actually starts to slightly move towards to pick it up, and it explodes because it's a firework. Um, the, the ref. I had no choice at that point, basically, to stop the game, um, have a chat with uh, Cumbria Constabulary, and it was agreed after a 17-minute delay, basically, that the home fans would have to be moved out of that section behind the goal, and um, the game would only continue when they, once they'd moved. And yeah, it, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? One person was arrested uh, during the game; they've been uh, released pending further inquiries. But it, it I mean. Look, I know clubs don't want to encourage pyro and stuff like that, and everyone loves seeing a video, you know, all these, you know, um, 
flares and smoke bombs going off for you know continental games on on you know I, i've seen it in bundesliga games it looks fantastic but chucking a firework on the pitch at a player as well it's just just brain dead isn't it yeah there's there's a big difference between an organized pyrotechnic show yeah and someone with you know a banger or something you know or whatever it was and you know it's barrow have a part of their following who who were seemingly disliked by a lot of the sort of regular, you know, yeah. the sort of the equivalent of the Barrow Paddock down the side don't seem to speak too highly of the young ones. They seem to think they're, they're quite lawless almost. It almost feels like that they've been out of the league for so long. These are young kids mm. who've probably never been, because they're so isolated as well. It's not like where you got other clubs that come up, like an Accrington or something like that, where they've got big clubs nearby so they can go and watch a bit of, you know, top flight or higher level football yeah. quite regularly in Barrow you've been basically stuck with non-league football for so long these kids yeah. probably haven't been to watch football at a decent level and they don't know that you just can't behave like that essentially yeah. so it's uh, so yeah um, I mean Barrow have apologised I mean they don't Pete, you know, the Barrow Pete, man. Pete Wild Pete Wild was livid he was and, and I feel I feel for him because he shouldn't have to apologise for one idiot's behaviour but, no. but I'm sure there'll be some ramifications as a result of that but, uh, but there you go well let's move on to a cup competition we both do like Dan um, mm. the FA Cup and it's familiar opposition in the first round draw isn't it yeah, we all uh, sat down uh, to watch it. Some some really tasty looking ties. Sadly, we didn't get the Wrexham v Chester's tie that we were all praying for. Um, but yeah, what we have got is um, for United home tie against Tranmere Rovers. Who two... we play away the week before. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those ones you look at. The, the one thing you don't really want is a team in your own league and even more so someone you're playing the week before as well. That's the key thing, isn't it? And unfortunately, that's exactly what we've got. So... So yeah, basically, um, United will play uh, Tramir Rovers on the the weekend uh, of the Saturday, the fifth of November. Now we don't have kickoff deals yet, but the fact that it's two League Two sides against each other, I'd I mean, be very surprised if it wasn't three PM Saturday. Exactly that, exactly that. And generally, the club usually announce reduced ticket prices for for a game like that, don't they? Usually, because realistically, people are not going to come now to watch another League Two side again, are they? So uh, no, interesting to see what they do with that one. But there you go. Um, uh, also as well there, the youth team have drawn uh, Fleetwood Town in the FA Youth Cup first round. That's a home tie. Uh, I don't know what the full details are. I think the club have published them, but they're on the official website if you want to find them. And out. in the Cumberland Cup, which you haven't added in your oh. notes, we have drawn Brandsty at home. Oof. I would imagine this will probably be paid at Penrith. Yes, they tend to play the Cumberland Cup ties there, don't they? I think the the FA Youth Cup ties, they have to play on the home ground, which I think is good, because I think it's good for the youth team players to yeah. get a chance to play on the Brunton Park pitch, but there you go. Uh, well, let's do the loan watch before we go and review the Doncaster game then, Dan. Um, so obviously five players are on loan, but uh, only two of them were in action this weekend, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, so uh, first up, Max Kilsby. Um, he was on the bench for the Galabankis uh, and on Athletic at the weekend, but it wasn't called upon as they earned a 1-1 draw against Stranra. We'll cover that in the uh, X-Files section as well later, won't we? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tough time for him there. Though. I mean, he's getting good game time, though, isn't he? Yeah, probably a good learning curve being in and out a little bit, you know, and, you know, they do, they've do. they not hit consistency yet, and in this season, very inconsistent. So, you I know, think... I think Murphy's sort of just juggling a little bit, trying to find his... His best start in eleven. They've lost some key players, haven't they? As well, obviously Owen Mox is the obvious one. Yeah, but there's a couple. Yeah. There's another lad who left, didn't he? I think he went to a was it Sterling or someone like that. I think um, high level. I can't remember what his name was yeah. now. But um, big, but yeah, big the, Tommy, big Tommy Goss is amongst the goals. Oh, if, he is. If you've never been up to Annan, he's a big, tall, gangly striker. Mm. He is the most unfootballing footballer you will ever see. Not worth a look. But he, get, <laughs> but he gets goals. Does he? Do, oh, do you know yeah. something? There's there's worse things we could do than have a little look. He's just got this knack mm. of getting the odd goal, you know. And yeah, maybe worth a trial yeah. or something like that. You never know. Yeah. Um, Lewis Bell, uh, he, he had a weekend off. There was no fixture for Gretna 2008. Um, but he'll be back uh, this weekend as they face Drumchapel United in the Scottish Cup. I, I love the Scottish Cup. It genuinely, the, the teams you get in this early round as well are amazing, aren't they? Oh, yeah, there's some brilliant names. I should say that Adam Athletic are actually playing Pollock in the uh, Scottish FA Cup. I think that's on um, BBC Scotland, it's isn't it? Yeah, like it's a Monday night game. And it'll yeah. be Pollock are quite well supported. It'll be. Uh, I think Pollock have actually sold out, so it'll be. Uh, 
big atmosphere there. Pollock will be looking for the upset. Well, that's definitely one worth watching then, potentially, isn't it, I suppose, mm. for, uh, for United fans. So um, we'll, we'll post the link up on the the um, on the Britain Bugle feed as well when it comes up as well, so for that one. Um, Sam Fishburne, well, let's talk about this, Big Sam. Um, the Fish, he continues to enjoy a much more fruitful loan spell with the high moment than he was at Blythe Spartans. Um, and is it fair to say he scored a potential goal of the season contender at the weekend, Dan? Yeah, brilliant goal, wasn't it? It's yeah. uh the team have absolutely mopped because absolutely mashed it on uh, social media, haven't they? They've yeah. Must have posted it 48 times and you can't blame them, can you? It's a great goal. Essentially, Liam Noble plays the ball into him, actually, funny enough. Um, he sort of takes a touch to flick it up and then on the turn just smashes a volley across the keeper, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Quite similar to a goal Ian Stevens scored for us against Kidderminster, but not Ian Stevens didn't take a touch on that one because that's, you know, Ian Stevens doesn't need a touch, does he? No. Um but yeah, it's very similar to that. I think it is the way I describe it. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and find it on the Mop of Town uh, Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, Facebook or Twitter feeds. Um, yeah, but it's great stuff. It, it, they won two one against the uh, Stafford Rangers. Um, again, we'll be covering that one again in the X Files section too. Um, and they travel to Atherton Colliery's this weekend. They're up to third in the table, Mop. So he has mm. having a good time there. Do, do you start to wonder if you have to recall him though soon because we're having so many injury problems up front? You might yeah. have no choice. Yeah, yeah, I mean Simo's not convinced by him, is he? But if he's getting goals and his attitude's better there, then maybe, just maybe, that's what he needed. So you never know. Um, so Lewis Boyd will cover first. Um, he he made his fourth appearance, uh, was it fifth? I'm not sure. For uh, sorry, fifth start, yeah, for Carlisle City the weekend, and the Sky Blues uh, drew one-one with Wickham. Um, and up next to him is a home fixture against your favourite uh, northeast team, Dan Tolaw Town. You always like to give them a little what, mention, don't you? What a, what a place that is. In, <laughs> oh, move <man>. on. <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's move on to Gabe Breeze. He's still stuck on two appearances of witness because he, he, once again, well, wasn't in the squad at the weekend. And he was he was at Brunton Park doing the warm-ups with the keepers. He was he was an emergency signing, wasn't he? Yeah. And I think what it is, they've now recruited a I think local... Called, I think he, a lad who played for them before, actually. Uh, Cameron Terry, yeah, I think yeah. he's called. And I wonder if it's basically a case of they're bringing him in and he knows he has to... Basically, if you're bringing him in, he wants to be starting. And they've just said, look, just go back because we don't want to bring you down and sit you on the bench when you could be up there doing your stuff. So, so maybe that's what it is. But yeah, but I'm sure we'll find out because I'm sure... I think John Coleman might be wanting to ask Simmer about what, what the situation is with Gabe Breeze uh, in the in the com- in the the um, press conferences. So, uh, so yeah, a little bit of a shame he only got his two appearances there, but maybe once he's months up, we can maybe get him out somewhere else on loan and get a bit more experience as well. But um, there you go. So that's the the loan watcher, nice and quiet one this week. Uh, let's get into the match review then, Dan. Kelly Knight 3, Doncaster Rovers nil. Yes, nine games unbeaten now, the best unbeaten run in uh, League 2. Um, second in the form table as well. I think we're level on points with uh, Tramway in the form table. I think they've won one more percent. I'm not... Well, it won't be possible. Have it. I think they've got one point more than us, basically, in the form table. But, um, but yeah, what a run we're on at the moment, Dan. It's just incredible, isn't it? I, every game you go into, there's this belief, isn't there, that, you, that we can get all three points? Yeah, uh, it, it's a good place to be, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think Doncaster were by far the worst team we've played this season. I was going to say that I thought first half it was it was fairly balanced. There wasn't a huge amount between the two teams. I think we looked like we were more likely to score, but they had some nice bits of play. They were just a bit wasteful in the final third. Yeah, uh, I mean, ultimately it cost uh, McSheffrey's job, didn't yeah. it? You know, but I think I think they were looking to get rid prior, and we were we were the icing on the cake sort of thing. But you know, I mean, Dunk, I. I, I I'd said in my score preview that I think it would be a good test for us, you know, like it's sort of a, a marker opposition. And I, I still sort of maintain that because Doncaster aren't that bad. Yes, I know it should should have been 4 0, could probably have been 5 or 6, to be quite yeah. honest. But uh, no, uh, Doncaster's certainly not the worst team. I mean, I thought uh, Crew and Rochdale were two worst teams. Yeah, um, we 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 drew with both of them. Yeah, exactly. So maybe uh, we're just finding our feet a little bit more as well. That that possibly getting in. Like I said, we made them look very ordinary in the second half. They 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 offered absolutely nothing. Well, the fact I mean the stats speak themselves, don't they? I mean, 
I know sometimes say stats can be misleading, but I mean, five shots and one on target, which we'll talk about. What a save that was from Thomas Holy for Doncaster. 21 shots and seven on target for us. You know, one in three of our shots have hit the target. That, that shows how good we are. And their keeper had a bloody good game. He really did. <laughs> He's, you know, this, 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 a couple of the saves he made in the first half, especially, were outstanding. Um, but yeah, well, let, let, let's talk about the game itself then, Dan. I mean, team selection-wise, we always knew that Finn Back was unlikely to feature. And, you know, we knew Mario was out for a while as well. But there were a few murmurs a couple of days before, weren't they, about um, another player potentially missing out. And we found out on the day that that was Christian Dennis, didn't we? Yeah, uh, seemingly has a very light uh, hamstring niggle. I don't yeah. think it's anything serious. It wouldn't be a surprise if he's back this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe needs slightly managed, given we play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. But on yeah. on the flip side, we don't we don't have striking riches who are fit at the moment, do we? So. Yeah, unfortunately we don't. That's just the real blow for us, isn't it? I mean, let, let's go through some of the chances then. I mean, in the first half, I mean, the, the first one, um, now uh, I'm trying to find my notes here, sorry. Um, right, yeah, so I mean, the first chance, I think, was there was a decent little move on the edge of the box, a good bit of patient build-up, which came from a John Mellish run down the left, which is going to be a feature in today's roundup. I think it's fair to say. Um, the, the ball... Um, found itself to Stretton. He played a nice little one-two, I think, with Jack Ellis on the edge of the box and hit a shot that was well palmed behind by the keeper. Um, but then the next chance was actually Doncaster's only real decent chance of the game, wasn't it? Um, nice little counter-attack. I think Moxinger was inches away from intercepting a, a through ball, but it got away to, to Noyle on the, Carl Noyle on the uh, right. Um, he played a ball towards the penalty spot, which Ben Close was running on to. He had first-time shot. And what a save this was from Thomas Hurley, wasn't it? Because he was going the wrong way as the shot came in. Yeah, um, I think it's safe to say that Thomas Hurley's size played a part in this save because <laughs> he, he, he was almost Peter Schmeichel's starfish, yeah. from memory. Yeah. And he, he just seemed to claw it away. And I think that was a key moment because obviously if we'd, uh, if we'd conceded then, it would have been a different game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, and I think that just that just sort of shows the confidence in which we're playing at the moment. It, it's a sign of a good keeper, isn't it, as well, that you can have a day where you're very, very quiet and you're not having a huge amount to do. But then when you have that one moment, you're there and you perform and you do your part. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, a, a, run, a run like we're on breeds confidence and it's oh. clearly evident uh, all across the... Uh, all across the team at the moment, uh, you know, you a good team builds from the back, and in Hawley and our sort of defensive trio, whoever's fitter them and players, mm. you know, we've got a, a great sounding base to start, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, up the other end from that, from that attack, funny enough, literally, um, Donny gave away a free kick. Adam Clayton was booked for basically <laughs> taking out Jordan Gibson when he skipped away from him. Um, from the free kick, the ball actually found Gibson on the right. He did well to get away from his man. Dinked a beauty of a cross in for Owen Moxon, who met it with a really powerful header. And what a save this was from their keepers. I mean, we talk about how good holy save was, but this was better. But arguably, it was, I was convinced that it had gone in. It was really hard to tell from the angle we were in the paddock. I was sure he hit the bar and gone over the line. But obviously, from the video, you can see back now, he does brilliantly to claw it out, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's just, I'm I'm getting more impressed game by game, now. Eh? Mm, yeah, just just incredible the stuff Moxon does, and and like I said, fair play to their keeper. Without him, it probably would have been six or seven. I think it's fair to say because actually, not long after that, there was another chance for us where uh, from the resulting corner ball came to Armour on the edge of the box, and we've been saying, oh, you know, you'll get one of these goals sooner or later, and he was so close to it, wasn't he? With a great little shot, probably gets a bit lost in all the other chances that happen in the game, doesn't it? Really, that chance. Um, and then we come to uh, the goal. Um, yeah, uh, Callum Guy, a man playing with confidence of late, and maybe going a little bit under the radar how well he's doing, isn't it? Because of you know all the focus on Moxon and and you know Stretton as well, obviously now. But maybe he's getting a little bit forgotten just how well he's playing this season. Would you say, Don? Yeah, I mean earlier in the season when we were a little bit, you know, he just needs to pick it up a little bit, and bloody hell, as he picked it up, you know, he's uh, him and Moxon that. <laughs> Again, from what I was saying, you know, that 
they've got confidence in the back three behind them, yeah. and they've got confidence in the players in front of them. So it was a bit of a tougher you know, game for the two of them as well today because it was more of a three four three, wasn't it? Mm. Rather than a three four sort of three four one two or a three five two that it's been in most games, Gibson was yeah, very much playing as a wide player. You, you, you they were up against uh, you know experienced campaigner in Adam Clayton who we know all about. You know, I mean, and he was made to look pedestrian. Yeah, you know? He had to play very very deep, didn't he? He was at yeah, times he was almost as a third centre back. He was he was yeah, that yeah. deep for them. But well, um, I think I think that was just testament to how much we were pushing on. Exactly, exactly that. So yeah, um, yeah, he made it uh, two goals in three home games, which sounds incredible. And you think he hadn't scored until that first one. Um, good play down the left by Edmonton. Actually, we'll talk about him later. Yeah, I thought he had a really good game. Um, held the ball up and found Moxon. He squared it to Guy. Um, set himself nicely and uh, hammered a low shot from twenty yards past Mitchell in the goal. It was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Really well hit. Mm. He's really got that in him, isn't it? Good time to score as well. Exactly, just before the break. Which, in fact, was his goal against Wimbledon was just before the break as well, wasn't it? When I think about it, I think that was dead on half time. So maybe he just got a knack for it just at that point in the game. Um, into second half, and uh, United wrapped it up really fairly quickly, didn't it? In the first fifteen minutes or so, or, sorry, first twenty minutes or so. Um, you know, there's that old adage, isn't there, Dan? He just needs one to go going off his backside and. Almost wrong true for Jack Stratton, didn't it? Uh, it was actually his hip, I think, it hit. But um, a real good bit of reward for his hard work over the last few weeks. Yeah, he's uh, he's put the yards in, hasn't he? He's uh, you know he's he's played a little bit out of position at times, sometimes mm. down the channels, and uh, no, he got his uh, reward for his efforts. You know, with yeah. a, a good double. The architect of the, his first goal. Um, was a uh, John Mellish, wasn't it? Um, typical long bursting run down the uh, the left flank. Sorry, make his way towards the area and sent a, a low ball in the uh, the keeper could only palm away as far as Jordan Gibson. His first shot was blocked. His second one, he was slicing wide, wasn't he? I think he was just frustrated and just swung a leg at it. But as luck would have it, Jack Stratton happened to be in the way. It came off Stratton and went in, and he was onside because there was two defenders beyond the goalkeeper, so he was uh, comfortably. On side that situation, and uh, yeah, he looked a little bit embarrassed by it, didn't he? Really, <laughs> when he went in. But um, his second goal, yeah, let's use another adage then, Dan. Uh, just like buses, <laughs> two along, two come along at once, don't they? And um, yeah, there was no doubt in the quality of the play for this one. There was it all round from the free players involved. Yeah, uh, just a great move, and I thought Stretton showed a lot of composure with his finish. You know, he, he really. A real striker's finish. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, once again, started from Mellish, but I mean, what a tackle this was, was it? There was there was no way he was not winning that ball, was it? <laughs> Big John. Essentially, their, their, their play showed a slight... I don't think it was even that bad a touch, was it? It was just Mellish was so switched onto it. He's like, I'm winning this and I'm taking everything I have to, to, to win it. Because if you watch the... Um, the pitch side blues video, if you look at it, he wins the ball and he gets up as if he's annoyed that he's had to make a tackle. <laughs> he's just like, whatever, I just got on my job there. Um, the ball from the tackle was actually a perfect pass in the end to Jordan Gibson. He set himself nicely and played a love, like an absolutely perfect free ball, wasn't it, for, for Stretton? Couldn't have placed it any better. He was inside again. Away through on goal. And Edmondson was free in the middle to play to, but he, he backed himself, didn't he? And uh, played a nice shot across the keeper to make it free and... Wrap up all three points for the Blues. Um, beyond that, I'm just looking at the other chances we had. Um, there was another possible opportunity where we 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 could have we we could have scored another brilliant goal, couldn't we? Where um, Mellish went on another ridiculous run down the left, lovely bit of footwork, found um, Guy. He spread it wide to Ellis, who laid it off quite nicely for Moxon, and his shot was heading towards the top corner. But uh, Williams for Doncaster, threw, he's headed it and put it behind. Um, and there was another chance for Gibson, wasn't there? Again, another quick break where Guy won the ball brilliantly in midfield, played it to Gibson, and he maybe could have... I've watched it back again now, actually, and he maybe could have picked out Edmondson, but Edmondson was a bit behind, so he went for goal and put it wide, unfortunately. Um, and then the penalty. Lovely bit of uh, clever play by Harris, wasn't it? So, to show a bit of... Um, What's, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? A bit of awareness, awareness is probably the wrong thing, but a bit clever and cunning, wasn't it, really, to get in there and nip in and force the defender to bring him down just on the edge of the box and win the penalty. And then Ryan Edmonton stepped up and he thought, here we go, he can get his first league goal for the club. But apparently he changed his mind in the room, didn't he? 
Yeah, he uh, alluded to this on Twitter afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. With a little joker himself saying, don't change your mind again, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> he'll be disappointed. One thing that annoyed me was I saw a lot of fans saying, oh, we're 3-0 up, doesn't matter. If we lose promotion by a goal, it does. Yeah, it does, it does. But, I mean, to be fair, you would, Gibson, I think, is our, usually our penalty taker, isn't he? In, in those situations. So, I imagine maybe in training, Edmondson is a very good penalty taker, hence why he stepped up to take it. I'd imagine maybe next time you maybe look at Moxon possibly to take in that situation. I don't know. But um, it's one of those things. It's a learning curve, isn't it? So uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll do better next time if he does get another chance to take a penalty. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's pretty much re- reviewing the action that happened during the game. Um, should we go straight into one of our six-second reviews, Dan, before we, we talk about the other bits in the game? Can do. So uh, Chris Gibson uh, of the Be Just On Fear Not um, Facebook group, he's one of the admins on there. Uh, he was at the game and he sent me a six-second review the other day. All right, lads, here's my 60-second review for the Doncaster game. Well, it was a solid all-round team performance, really. There was, nobody had a bad game. Everybody put a shift in. Um, and it was great to watch as well. It was good football. Doncaster um, looked a little bit all over the place there. Balls forward were a bit meaningless, and they only really had one chance, which uh, Thomas Hawley produced a great save at nil-nil. game could have been a bit different if we'd gone one nil down, um, but we didn't, and we took the lead just before half-time with another great strike from Callum Guy. Um, my man of the match was Jack Ellis. I just thought he dealt with everything that came his way, and uh, he might have even been targeted by Doncaster on their left-hand side, but he was just so calm. Um, he didn't look like an 18-year-old with a handful of games. He looked like a seasoned pro. Um, the midfield three, they just get better every game, don't they? Um, Moxon, Gibson, Guy, absolutely brilliant. Um, it's great to see Jack Stretton get a couple of goals. He's off the mark now, so uh, hopefully he can kick on from that. And I do feel a bit for Edmondson. I thought he put in a great shift as well. He chased everything down um, and he was unlucky, uh, obviously, not to score his penalty at the end, but I'm sure it'll come. Um, Orient next. Bring him on. I uh, don't think we fear anybody now. Up the Blues. Oh, there you go. That's a pretty uh, good assessment again from Chris, isn't it? Picked on a couple of points we picked up on. Um He's man of the match, Jack Stratton. I should say, uh, sorry, not Jack Stratton, Jack Ellis. Um, Jack Stratton was actually the man of the match on whoscored.com. He got 8.5. Quite a few of our players got high scores. I think Gibson got 8.4 and John Mellish was 7.7 for this game. Um, and I think actually Ellis, to be fair, was about 7.1, 7.2. So he had a good game there. Well, let's talk about Jack Ellis then, Dan. I mean, I'm more and more impressed the more I see of him because there's nothing overly flashy about the way he plays, but he's just so solid, so reliable. He, he keeps it simple. He uses the ball really well, and he defends really well as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he just came in, no nonsense, did his job, and he. I think of uh, our current younger bunch. He's probably the one that excites me the most at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way the way he plays is just, just really. But I mean, he's obviously played a few games at centre back this season and didn't let us down in any of those. Um, he's played a right wing back now, and he's looked pretty, pretty good playing there. I still can't work out what his best position is going to be overall in the end, to be honest. I, th- I think centre-back might be his best. I think in that back three especially, I think he he can bring the ball out and he's, he's got a bit about him. And and like Chris said there, I think early on, Donny thought themselves, right, young 18-year-old lad and he's not playing many games, let's target him. And teams keep doing that and it doesn't make any difference. He's a good player. He, he knows how to play. And, he, and at the second half, he really grew into it, I thought, and the way he played and the way he was going forward as well. He was involved in two or three really good attacks as well, which is, is really nice to see. And I imagine if Finback's fit this weekend, he probably will lose his place. But, you know, he, he's shown that, you know, when he needs to, he can come in and maybe next time if an opportunity comes up, he might well find himself keeping the place for a bit longer, mightn't he? Definitely. You know, uh, Paul Simpson said a couple of times, you know, he feels a bit gutted that uh, these sort of lads are uh, in and out, etc. But... Uh... You know, they've been absolutely brilliant and they're proving the worth when they come in. I mean, I look someone like, it's it's a, it's a different sort of situation, but Simon Hackney, when he first came in, he had to buy his time. He had to make a few sub-appearances and he came in and out of the team. And then when he got a chance, he took it and he was barely out of the team after that, wasn't he, for the next few years? So, you know, sometimes you've just got to be a little bit patient and wait your opportunity. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure 
even if Jack does come out of the team this weekend, he'll get another chance. And he's one of those ones alongside Mux, and I think we should probably be already talking about, all right, could we extend your deal a bit longer? Keep keep them tied down for a bit longer. If, we're gonna, if we've got Simo in for three years here, we can start doing that. You can start building long-term and, and keeping a squad together, can't you? That's that's, that's one of the key things. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Stretton and Edmonton there. Let's, let's cover them because I've got them as talking points as well. Jack Stretton, I mean, his hard work really did pay off, didn't he, in this game? You know, he's got his two goals. But unfortunately... Rolled his ankle in that bloody Peter Trophy game in midweek, didn't he? And so we're not 100% as to whether he's going to be fit or not the weekend. It's just rotten luck in terms of strikers at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it just just every week it's something, isn't it? I've, I've never known anything like this. And, yeah. you know, Paul Simpson said they're looking at everything and it's just, it seems to be a thing in football full stop at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's either hamstring or ankle, isn't it? And the ankle one, when you roll an ankle, you can do that anytime. You know, that's if you land awkwardly, if you've, you've done it, whether you, that can be a problem. And and yet, it's 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 frustrating, but it's just the way it is, isn't it? But um, hopefully, it's not too bad. Hopefully, he can at least be involved, maybe on the bench at the weekend if Dennis is fit to start, possibly instead. But um, if it comes to it, you might have Ryan Edmondson up there on his own. You might have to bring young, young Nick Bellardo into the squad potentially. So, interesting to see what happens. Um, mentioning Ryan Edmondson, you know, he obviously missed that late penalty, but overall. A really good positive performance for him, wasn't he? He's got a bit of pace about him, really, hasn't he? That's one thing that I think maybe many few people might not realise, but he can get away from a defender, can't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's we've said previously is you know he's had a bit of a stop start uh, to his life at Carlisle, but uh, Simo didn't want to use him midweek. Obviously, he had to when Jack yeah. Stretton pulled up, but uh, no, it was a, a good ninety minutes. Uh, He'll be gutted with that penalty, as we've already mentioned. But yeah. uh, no, it's when when he came on at Hartlepool, he played wide right, which which isn't his thing. Yeah, but, but you know, it's good uh, job, didn't he? Good yeah, job. But he, the big positive is that's his first full ninety minutes uh, for the Blues since the um, opening day of the season against Crawley. <laughs> so that that's a real positive to take for it, definitely for for Ryan, and hopefully he can get him, keep himself fit and we'll. We'll get the best out of him in the next few weeks. Um, right, we, we'll do the next uh, six-second review. So we've got uh, Reese Oxland. He sent this in uh, to the Brunton Bugle email, Gmail account. Uh, thank you very much for sending this in, Reese. So here's your six-second review. Hi, guys. This is just me, uh, match review from the game yesterday. Uh, fantastic performance from all the team. I think uh, potentially the best home performance I've seen this season for me. Uh, managed to start proceedings a bit faster than usual, and we just... We dominated for pretty much the whole match thereafter. You know, very creative going forwards, consistently solid at the back. You can just, you feel so much energy and confidence running through this team. Um, I think notable names to mention, as usual. Gibson, he just, he really deserves a goal now. I think yesterday was very unfortunate to not knock it in the net himself. But, you know, obviously for Jack Stretton in front of him to pop it in. Uh, Mellish and Stretton, brilliant, but... Jack Ellis was just outstanding. You know, he stepped into that right back slot with Finn back unavailable and he just looked so confident and assured in that back five. But um yeah, whole team deserves recognition for that performance. Um it's been said previously, but you know, what a marker for our season to beat a former League One side in Doncaster. Um Paul Simpson needs knighting immediately if this continues, guys. Up the blues. Don't think we disagree with that, would we? Um Fantastic, yeah. Thank you very much, Reese. It's nice to have a, a new voice on there as well. And, and like I said, if anyone wants to submit anything, just drop me or down a message on Twitter or the Brunton Bugle a Twitter message, or even just if you want to send it by email, just do a little recording on your phone, send it over, keep it about 60 seconds, and uh, we'll include it on uh, the next episode. Um, before we move on to, we'll, 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 I think we'll do it very quickly to review this week, but um, got to talk about John Berto Carlos in defence. What a game he had, Dan. I mean, how where does he get his energy from? He's incredible, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's like Judas Albunny, isn't he? He just doesn't stop. Uh, up and down, up and down. I mean, I, I remember, was it pre-season? Uh, mm. I think it was Mellish and Dennis were allowed to sit out the extra training because they'd run that much already, mm. you know, which is testament to the effort that they put in. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I, again, he's one of those ones where... People have written him off in the past, but you know what? He's proven himself to be a, a really good player at this level, and I, I, I think he could play at a higher level. Definitely, I think I think his ability on the ball certainly improved over this last season. I think he's not giving it away as any anywhere near as much. So that's that's really good to see. And 
And there you go. Um, right, well, I think that we've we've done enough on the Doncaster game. So before we go to the halftime break, we'll do a little um, later roundup. Um, one of the top three won this weekend. Um, the O's and the Cobblers actually played each other. They played out a, a stalemate. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the O's in a minute. Um, Orient, that is. Uh, and Stevenage, they drew uh, 1-1 at Steve Evans' old side, Gillingham. I'm sure he got a lovely reception back at Priestfield for that game, Dan. <laughs> um Bradford back to winning ways with a narrow victory over fellow playoff hopefuls Salford City. Um, again, that will get a mention in the X-Files section, of course, as it, as it always does at the moment, Bradford. Um, Barrow's slide down the table continues. That, that's quite a worrying result that for them, isn't it? Losing at Rochdale rather than, you know, I know some of the previous games have been against teams, you know, going for promotion, but this one, not a great sign for them, is it? No, sure, man. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it to that, shall we? Um spot the man who's probably got money then to go down again this season uh i don't um, think they will to be fair this year no but... I, th- I think they'll be okay but you know they, they are dropping a little bit at the moment um and in down at the bottom uh three of the bottom five actually won at the weekend and amazingly there's only three points separating 16th to 24th quite remarkable isn't it early, i know it's still early days but very very tight down there you know any team could get dragged into it at any moment right now so uh so there you go. Just a, a brief mention. Obviously, you mentioned the fact that Donny sacked Gary McSheffrey uh, after the game at the weekend. They've already appointed his replacement, Danny Schofield, the ex-Huddersfield manager. It's a bit of a strange one, that, isn't it? Quite a drop down from, from where he was at, a month or two ago. Um, and uh, Newport, the part of their new manager. So Darren Kelly's uh, caretaker role only lasted for one game. He's been replaced by Graham Coughlin, the former Bristol Rovers and Mansfield manager. So... Uh, Lots of movement in the management uh, roles in, in League 2. Hopefully, there'll be no movement in the management role at Brunton Park this season. That's what we're praying for, isn't it, Dan? No, we'll, uh, we'll, guard, the fo- we'll guard the fortress that is Brunton with our spears and pickaxes to stop anyone trying to take him. Indeed we will. Right, that's the end of part one, and we'll be back shortly to do part two. Hi, I'm Owen Moxon, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. Oh, it's another new halftime break bit. And where's that from? Of course, it's from our special episode we did this weekend, uh, the start of the week. Uh, yes, so the latest of our special episodes came out the other day. Uh, interview with Owen Moxon, one of our own, the Deadton Home Peeler, as I've christened him and everyone seems to be catching on to, which I'm quite pleased about. Um, cracking chat with him. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it yet, Dan, because you were there. I, I no, I haven't. I've, uh, I've been uh, a tad busy this week. Hmm. Really, what a good lad! Really good lad, and you know what? You sometimes get lads who come from the non-professional backgrounds, you know, from an amateur or part-time setup like Adam is, and you think they might struggle a bit with the media side. They might not be a particularly great speaker, a bit shy. Brilliant, spoke really, really well, and you know, he's very obviously very ambitious, but he's ambitious to do good stuff with Cal United. That's the thing that stands out for him. So, uh, fantastic, really good chat. So, if you haven't listened already, go, go and download that. There's obviously the one with Thomas Holy we did the week before, and there'll be another one coming in a couple of weeks. We won't be doing one next week because obviously we've got the Stockport County preview to fit in as well. So, um, so there you go. Um, yep. So let's preview the uh, later on game, shall we? Uh, should we do Mike's question first, Dan? We fit that in yeah, quickly? go on then. Right. So Mike's doing a question for us because obviously he's not with us this week. So here's what the question he's got for us. So a player that's played for both teams this week is Leon McSweeney. How many league games did he play for the Blues? That's a pretty straightforward question. I, I I don't think it's that many. I think it might only be like twelve or something like that. He was quite uh, quite a good little player, that thought. It was tidy play, but he left, didn't he, because he got a better deal elsewhere, basically, didn't he? I yeah. think that's something I can't remember. But I'd guess twelve, but we'll come back to that one a little bit later on. Um Right, uh, Behind Enemy Line section is back after a, a little break um, and we are talking to our good old friends at the Lowdown Podcast. Um, uh, it's Julian that I spoke to this week, um, we spoke to a few times before. Um, points discussed, um, well, we talked about the, the O's incredible record-breaking start of the League 2 season. They're relatively quiet, summer of transfer activity actually, and our mutual love of Jabo Abiro. We couldn't go without mentioning that, could we? So uh, here's the chat I had with Julian uh, earlier this week. Julian, uh, this season hopefully we're back down to our regular twice a season uh, catch-ups rather than uh, four or five or six times I think we spoke in the uh, the lockdown season. But let's talk about Leighton Orient and what a start to the campaign you've had. Nine wins and a draw in your opening ten fixtures. Best ever start to a League Two season in the three-point era. Did you imagine during the summer that you could have a start as good as this? I mean... Obviously, you guys are on about mid-table in the, in the betting sort of odds, and you've exceeded expectations. 
I think thanks first of all, Lee. Thanks for thanks for having us on again. And we, I see nice. it's a, we have this kindred relationship, isn't it, Lee and Lauren <laughs> and Carlisle? So it's good. And I think for me, really, and, and a lot of the fans, and we saw saw a lot from Richie back in the last season. Yeah, we didn't sort of put up trees, but ultimately he set his store out on how he wanted to play, the type of players he liked, and what he wanted to do this season. So come come the close season, we. We didn't have to go out and sort of bring in loads and loads of players. He had a, a good nucleus of players already there. Had a few players that's gone out on, on loan um, and brought in a few loanies and, and we brought in and sort of nailed down a couple of players that contracts were coming to the end of their their one year contract with us. And um, it, it's it's done very well. And I think um, he, he stood by what he said he was going to do back end of last season, and that's that's really good to see. I think we have to be very realistic you know at the top of the table you're there to be shot at by everyone um and everyone goes but she's done it with 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 um swindon but then he's fouled with salford he's he's fouled with um a doncaster so let, let's just make it clear that this only really matters at the end of the season when we've been promoted or we're in that opportunity for a playoff so yeah it's been good it's been good to, good to see good to watch good football um the wheels haven't come off, but we were at the position now that we haven't won in in in, in October. Uh, we've had two draws and a loss, and um, I, I hopefully our away trip Saturday to Carlisle, which is great to be on a Saturday and it's not snowing or or whatever normally happens when we play you normally on a Tuesday night. Um, hopefully, we can pick up three points at your place on Saturday. I mean, you mentioned you've got your two draws there, but they were against sort of teams that are fairly well fancied this season in Northampton and. Doncaster, I suppose that's one way of looking at those two draws. I guess. I mean, the, is there a, is there a slight concern that the form dropped off in those games, or is it more a case of that Newport defeat was almost inevitable? You know, you're going to lose at some point, and it's usually against a team you don't expect to. But then to put in two solid performances against teams that are fancied. Yeah, I, I think that the performances are okay, and we could we could have um, put them both away. If I'm honest, you know, but again. We, we're playing against a, a, a ten-man side um, at Northampton, and um, we should really. I, I, you know, you, you know yourself, Lee, is that you you go against yeah. ten men. It doesn't always mean you're going to win the game, but we should do. We were at home, and we could have could deliver that. Doncaster first half, um, probably one of the best first halves we've seen for a long while. Well, Orient, you know, a great yeah. goal from Smithley, and then we end up pulling away there with a draw. So, yeah, frustrating more than anything. But yeah, it's. it's no, no one's panicking, and um, I think we just need to end the month off strongly and go into sort of November, December, and into Christmas and beyond uh, in a strong way. Um, we, we, we've not been riddled with injuries this season. Um, we, we've had injuries, but not riddled with them. Where previous seasons we've had that, and that's probably the demise of of Kenny Jacket, wasn't it? You know, we had a bit of COVID, and then we were riddled with injuries, and then then the wheels fell off. But fingers crossed that will will stay positive for for, for the for the weeks and months to come. You don't need to talk to Carlisle fans about being riddled with injuries with the 10 blades we've got at the moment. So it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, let's talk about Richie Wellens then. You've touched on him slightly before, but how impressed have you been with the job he's done? Because, I mean, particularly when you consider, and something you actually didn't mention at the start there, that he's basically come in and he's not gone, a lot of managers come in and go, I want to clear the exit, I want to get my people. And he's gone and gone, you know what, there's a decent squad in it, I can work with this. I just need to tinker around the edges, get a few key players in. And he hasn't been that busy in the transfer market in the summer, and the job he's done, considering that, is a real testament, I suppose, to what a good coach he is. Yeah, so so um, if, you, if you look at look at what he had, and you, if you look at the sort of the recruitment we did last year under and the Kenny Jacket, and and again with Martin Ling in the background, I think Richie didn't have to come in and sort of make a, a, a full full look make over the squad where he may have done at other clubs that he's been been to. We've we've got a great. Great squad. You look, we've probably got one of the best goalkeepers in the league. We've got a, a good defensive unit, and of which probably one one of the one of the best sort of sort of we we got two two of the best left and right backs in the league as well. Omar Beckles in the middle. Most clubs would love to have a player that that sort of quality in in their back line. Um, and again, we're not we're not conceding loads of goals. You know, we 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 are, we are doing very well in that front. And then you move forward into midfield. Some maturity in there, and Darren Prattley, and some young legs around him, and then um, he's recruited a couple of uh, players in on loan up front to bolster what we already have, you know, which were a strong front line. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's he's turning um, a, a donkey into a racehorse. I don't think he had to. He, he, I just think he had to feed the racehorse a little bit better, you know, and tune it up and 
get it playing his way or running his way. And, and that's where we are now. I think um, the bit we, we don't have, and, and I probably, this, this is a debate for probably another day, is I don't think we have a, have a, have a plan B. Yeah, our plan B is our yeah. plan A. It's that we 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 counter attack well. You know, we we run at pace, and uh, and if we can't score from that, we're screwed. You know, so we we haven't got a big dominant striker uh, to come off the bench and to bully a, a back line. We'll bully you because we'll run four players at you at speed, and then he'll turn your your back line inside out. So that's the only negative you want to take as a negative. We'll talk about the summer transfer activity. Um, you lost a, a key player in Hector Cipriani who went to Peter. He might be seen as a bit of a blow, but then the man, you, I don't know if you brought him in to replace him in that sense, but you brought in George Moncourt. And I think most fans in League Two sort of, their eyes sort of raised at that, like, oh, that is a good signing for this level. How has he settled in? Um, sort of Moncur is probably our best player by country mile. Right. I know Smith, Paul Smith is a good player. Um, and if you've seen some of the goals he scored this season, he's a leading goal scorer. Yeah, 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 that's phenomenal. But but Moncur is different class, and um, I've had the privilege to sort of speak to a couple of his his, his coaches at Hull, and they just said mm. he was probably the best trainer. Um, uh, they have ever had a hole for for their regime of them when there has been management, but the problem is he couldn't produce it at that level on the pitch. But it comes down to League Two, and he can take that quality, and um, he's it, it, brilliant. I, I, he's not a direct replacement for Kipriano. Two different players, in my opinion. And um, Kipriano wasn't a loss, but was a loss. If you know what I mean, I think the loss from from an Orient fan is that he's come from our academy. We looked after him. He's he's looked okay in games, but he's gone. He's gone to a club now where he's progressed, and he's. So I think he's settling in there and 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 fancied, and that and that's 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 the thing, isn't it? A manager has to fancy you for you to perform at your highest levels. Yeah, definitely. Um, who are the danger men then? Do you reckon in the squad? Look out for you. Obviously, mentioned how greedy defence is, but in terms of attackers, you mentioned you've got a, a few players on loan. I think from. Like Chelsea and QPR and a couple of clubs like that, I think. Yeah, so uh, you're, prob- you're probably not going to see them start on Saturday. I think yeah, the forward line is mm-hmm. going to be um, Smith, Smithy with Drinan and with Theo Archibald up front, um, and George Moncar be- be- behind them. You know, and, and that's that's um, a real sort of a strong forward line. And then you've got Kelman from QPR, um, who, who, who potentially started the season well, scoring goals, um, looked strong. He's, he's Related back to the bench, but they're play, he's playing. The players are in form, so that's really good. You've got um, El Mazzuni, We got on loan from a Mitswich midfielder, so um, we were looking for a four as a club. But Mazzuni has played sort of eight and a four, um, and he's good at both. And that you don't normally get that in a player. You either get a player who's forward-thinking midfielder or, or a defensive. He plays well at both. Um, so again, he's a threat as well. He's a threat to move the break-up play and move the ball quickly been out injured um, so again he may not start Saturday but we've got uh, Brown in there who's come from Derby um, last season he's been doing a good job we've got Craig Clay Darren Prattley so we, we've got enough class in that middle of the park to support that front line but that front line for me is quick and and, that, and that's, that's, that's really unusual for an Orient side the front line for Orient is always it tends to be quite laboured and probably similar to you guys over the years you see sort of Get it out wide, get it to the big lad in the middle. Hopefully, some, something will come off the second ball from the big lad knocking it down. And that's how we've always played, really, in, in, under most of our managers. And it's nice to have a forward liner literally bang, 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 it's up front and we're, and we're, got, we're running that, that, the, the defensive unit. I think, think for me, I mean, look to some of your stats. You, you play a five at the back, if I'm, if I'm not, not so wrong there, or you have yeah. been playing a five at the back. And, and that's always going to be a challenge for us to sort of get in and amongst um, that that five running at those. But we'll see how how that game how the game plays out Saturday. Definitely. I mean, you mentioned about having big fellows up front that you can play the ball up to. Let's briefly then before I get predictions from you, Julian. Um, talk about a man that's loved by both clubs. You play for both clubs. We, you know, we we can't do a pod like this without mentioning Chapo Ribeiro, of course, can we? Um, the great man. I've noticed he's been down the Orient a few times this season, hasn't he? I'm sure I've seen him at a few games, so he seems to be knocking about. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we touch on it all the time. But how much, how well is he loved still down there? So Jabo now he, he um, co-commentates on um, our Orient Live program, which is the pre mm-hmm. and after after match commentary. So um, our, our owner 
and uh, his son is a is, is a media guy, so we've got a real good production now called Orient Live. So he he appears in that a lot. And you're right, everyone who's appeared on that with him, seen him around, is still lovely. He's a still friendly character, you know. And and I think he, his loyalty for the clubs he's played for uh, pays dividends because we can sit here today talk about Jabo, probably both smiling, going, "He's a lovely, <laughs> yeah. lovely lad. He's great to play for us. He's a great lad to have about." And um, we all wish him the best for his, on, his onward journey, whatever that may be. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Um, right, Jillian, before we finish up, because I know you you want to get away, um, let's have your prediction for this weekend's game. It's a difficult one. You know, it's, 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 it's not a Tuesday night. It's not um, it's not raining <laughs> or not predicted to snow or rain heavily um, over the weekend. Um, the issue we have is that um, we, we tend to play well away from home with good support and we've had taken good support away this year. I think the train services out of London for us and for you coming the other way has has caused us a lot of problems uh, this season. Yeah, it it is dreadful and very expensive. And we've got, does does another draw mean, is that a bounce back? Um, uh, But I think, again, you're, you're, what, you're eight now, I think, right? Eight in the league, you're not, you're not, Fifth, you know, okay, so or fourth, um, so six over six, so six, yes, so okay, six in the league. You're not, you're not having a shabby start yourself. So, I think uh, I'm not going to say the usual Desmond, but I think we'll get a one-all draw at your place. I think there'll be a goals in it. I think we'll score, and and we and we recently have shown that we can concede a concede a goal, and we're a bit loose at the back. So, um, I would say it'd be a one one-all, one and. Um, Hopefully, for the replay down at our place um, uh, later this season, we'll smash you probably 3 0. <laughs> well, hopefully, by then, both of us are right up there and going for a promotion because it's the start of April we play you. So, hopefully, at that point, we're battling for a top three spot still. That'd be the, that'll be the dream, wouldn't it? I guess. Julian, uh, Lee, Lee, we, before you yeah. run off, we say that every year, don't we? You know, up there, yeah. we end up probably mid to bottom half the table thinking it's another year <laughs> yeah. we have to start catching next year so but um, yeah, yeah wherever it may be um, I wish you and, the, and the, the club all the best for the rest of the season set yeah. for Saturday in April and um, uh, we'll catch up soon same to you Julian cheers thanks very much Okay, thanks once again to Julian for giving up his time to speak to us. I know he's a very busy man at the moment, but um, I'm sure he's very much enjoying all things Leighton Orient right now. Um, so yeah, looking ahead to this weekend's game. Dan, uh, referee this weekend, uh, Thomas Parsons. Uh, sorry, Parsons, sorry. Um, it's his first season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of nine games so far this season, handing out 43 yellows and two red cards. Last season, he was a National League referee and he handed out 55 yellow cards and four red cards in 16 games. Now, the fact that he's only done 16 games suggests he's maybe doing a bit of Premier League 2 officiating and things like that, possibly on the side. Because you usually find that with National League refs, don't you? They tend to do sort of assistant ref roles and things like that as well, don't they? Yeah. At that level. So there you go. Um, it's going to be our 61st meeting uh, with uh, Leighton Orient. Quite a few, actually, for a team down, down south, isn't it? Don't tend to find that quite often. Uh, but yeah. I suppose we've both been in the league for quite a while, haven't we, and stuff like that, so there you go. Uh, we're winning in terms of head-to-heads, 24 for United, uh, 21 for Orient, and 15 draws. Let's look at the uh, Orient squad then, Dan, and some of their transfer activity. I say transfer activity, only signed seven players in the summer. Yeah. Compared against most clubs, that's that's quite a, a low number. And actually, Theo Archibald was on loan with them last season, so you, you can arguably say that's not really a sign, it's just a permanent signing the signing from Lincoln other than that they signed six but there's one name that I think we both agree stands out in their, their signings isn't there yeah Charlie Coleman <laughs> come on <laughs> no, don't mess with it George George Moncur isn't it straight away as soon as, as soon as he was signing somewhere I think we all I messaged each other in that group said oh, that's a good signing for them isn't it you know, that's genuinely like thinking oh, they're making a bit of a step up there aren't they in terms of the quality um, they lost uh, Hector Kiprianu to uh Peterborough in the summer. Otis Khan obviously um, left as well. Um, I'm not sure why he's listed there. Maybe we got that wrong. Um, and uh, Harry Smith, they sent out on loan the big striker to Exeter. But they didn't, they didn't... Basically, Richie Wellens came in towards the end of last season, doesn't he? To take over as manager. And he, he's done a similar to... Similar to Simo did at the start in that he's taken one look and gone, actually, there's not a bad squad here. I can actually make this squad quite decent. And he's just tinkered around the edges, hasn't he? And it's had, it's had a really yeah. good effect for them, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they've never been a bad team audience, have they? Mm. Got a very you good know, goalkeeper, haven't they, in Vigory as well. That's one thing that helps yeah, straight yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. And 
I think I think he's clearly said to to their board when he came in, look, this season we're just using it to see what what we've got. Yeah, adjust in the summer and we'll go next season. They're obviously happy with that. You know, they've got quite a good little setup audience. You know, they've, they've done the ground half decent. They get decent crowds. It's a trip we all love doing. You they've know, got some good youth products as well that come through, aren't they? There's a few players who yeah, you know, generally go into good football league careers, don't like jabbers and okay, yeah, obviously. They're, they're also they're also well placed to pick up. You know, your your Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham. Yeah, you know. Academy dropouts, that sort of thing, or maybe tap a couple up for the Lord now and again, which I know they've done many times before. Harry Kane being the uh, the most yeah. famous. Obviously, he's spon- he still sponsors them. I think he does, doesn't I he? Think, I, think he- I think he does, yeah. He's just fair play to him, like his first club that he obviously made first football league appearance for. So, uh, good on him. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, obviously, you've got George Monk up, you've got Darren Prattley, who's signed by um, Kenny Jacket last summer. He's, he's a player with bags of experience as well. and and um, uh, Paul Smith's, I think, the one getting the goals up front, and, and what a goal he scored for them the other the other day, didn't he? Um, um, the one against Doncaster, where he flicked it up and scored that incredible overhead kick. I mean, what, what, what a finish that was! But yeah, defensively wise, I, I don't. I think there's only one in terms of goalkeeping defence. It's exactly the same as it was last season, with the exception of Rob Hunt, who's coming from Swindon. Bar that, they're using the same squad, so. Full testament to Richie Wellens. I think we all agree yeah, he's a bit of a knob sometimes, but he's a good manager, isn't he, at this level? He knows how to get a squad together, doesn't he? So, uh, so fair play to him. There you go. Um, in terms of last time out, they drew nil though with Northampton Town. Not much to report there. Northampton had a man sent off. It was a pretty non-eventful game in the form table. Uh, Orient are currently seventh in the last six games form table with a record of one-one-one uh, loss, drawn-drawn. So they haven't won in the last three. Um, United are second in that form table as we mentioned before, just behind Tranmere. Um, we'll be top on Saturday night. Well, yeah, that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? Get third win in a row, that'd be very nice. Um, yeah, in terms of the United for this game, then Dan, um, it's a hard one to judge because of all the injuries, isn't it? Obviously, we know now that. Jack Stratton <laughs> might miss the game. Corey Whelan might miss the game. You need to stand in the car park about half one and see who comes in, not limping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's getting yet to the point where you're going to have to get a Ouija board out or something, aren't you, to, to, to find out what the team's going to be and who's fit because yeah. of the severity of the injuries. It's, it's quite incredible. For any, for, the, for any youngsters listening, do not do a Ouija board. No, do not, do not. I'm not encouraging people to do that. Um, but yeah, obviously, Stretton could be missing. Um, hopefully, Dennis will be fit. That's what the one we're hoping on, isn't it, really? Because if he is, then he can come into partner Edmondson. If not, what what do you do in terms of the attack? Do you do you maybe go with bringing someone into midfield like Harrison, stick Gibson up there with um, with uh, Edmondson? Or do you bring Ballardo in to play on one of the wings, possibly? I think maybe a little bit too early for him to be coming in. But I think Dennis will be fit enough. Yeah, that's the hope, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Barkley, that's so frustrating as well. Barkley was fit enough to be on the bench last weekend, turned his ankle again in training on Monday, and he was going to play on Tuesday night in the, in the trophy. It's just oh, so frustrating, isn't it, when you get that, that close to getting him back in. Whelan touching up. I mean, the Whelan one's not as much of a worry because Morgan Feeney comes in, doesn't he, basically? And you, you're sorted there, basically. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's really hard to predict an 11 right now. But um, Toby Show Silver possibly could be fit enough to be on the bench as well, which would be nice. Wasn't fit enough for midweek, but I think there's there's hope that he might be possibly involved at the weekend. Um, right, Dan, let's have a prediction. Uh, prediction. Uh, I'm going to say. Ooh, I'm going to go for a good, solid two-one win. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm talking like a, a late goal to win it, so about eighty-five-ish. Uh, and goal scorers. I'm going to go for Owen Moxon to get his home goal and Ryan Edmondson to make up with a winner for his penalty miss. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit torn on this one just for the fact that with all the injuries and potentially having been a bit short up front, I don't know whether a, a draw would be a good result in this one. But I'm going to keep the faith and I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win and... Edmondson to get one of the goals, and uh, who's going to get the other? Uh, Jack Armour to get the other. I think Jack Armour's due a goal, so uh, let, let's go for Armour and Edmondson for the goals. And here's when one. when when Jack Armour gets his goal, it's going to be George Joyce versus Huddersfield next, <laughs> isn't it? Just smashing it in from forty yards or something like that. Yeah. That's what it'll be brilliant. Right, here's Mike's prediction for the game. 
So this week I'm backing a 2-1 win with Dennis <laughs> and Huntington getting the goals. Well, a mix of goal scorers, but yeah, scores yeah. basically all the same amount. So there you go. Um, right, well, there you go. In terms of the prediction table, I should say I gained a point uh, against um, Doncaster because I did predict Jack Stretton to score. I was the only one who did, so it's now tight at the top. You're on nine, Dan, I'm on eight, and Mike is still lagging way behind on, on four points. Um, right, should we, should we go for an answer for Mike's question before we do X? X Files. Yeah, uh, I. What did play the question again? So his question was. So a player that's played for both teams this week is Leon McSweeney. How many league games did he play for the Blues? So I'm going twelve. I think he only. I don't think he played as many as you think. I think it's only twelve. It wasn't. It wasn't too many. So I'm going to undercut you and say ten. 10 okay right so let's see what uh I, I don't think it was much more than sort of the 10 12 yeah, area it wasn't it wasn't a long spell was it so there you go right yeah. so here's the answer from mike and the answer is eight games Ooh. oh wow even less maybe there's a few cup games thrown and that's what's probably thrown us a little bit but wow yeah so we're both wrong we it's weird because you think to yourself i remember him and if someone who's only played eight games you don't usually remember them that well do you so uh is he not a bit of a journalist now? I think he might be, you know. I think he might, that might be... Might does a bit of writing and stuff, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, possibly is. Right, I know you've got to go get away soon, Dan, so let's bash through the X-Files section, because um, it's quite a busy one this week in terms of goals, isn't it? Yeah, a few bits and bobs. Uh, Jerry Yates scored a brace of Blackpool, and Oliver Norwood was on target in reply, as Blackpool and Sheffield United drew three all in a balmy encounter at Bramall Lane. Well worth watching the red cards and fights at the end. Oh, they're, 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 the, the Sheffield United keeper just lost his head, didn't he? Absolutely yeah. lost his head in this. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Charlie White scored for Wigan in a 2-1 defeat at his old club, Sunderland. Ashley Addison scored for Crawley in their 2-1 win at home to Newport. As alluded to earlier, Andy Cook scored again. Uh, his fine form. The only goal in the 1-0 win over Salford. Mm. Uh, Paddy Madden scored a consolation as Stockport lost 3-1 at home to Grimsby. Another bad result for them. Mm. Uh, the, the, just, just before you go on, Stockport County have had more red cards than league wins this season. Five <laughs> red cards, four, four wins. So there you go. Uh, Dinal Simu scored his first professional goal in Tranmere's 3-0 win over Crew. Pretty poor means... celebration, that. It, was, uh, it wasn't quite as exciting as I hoped it would be. It was very calm. <laughs> Because he wasn't here, but it yeah. means that that monkey's off the back, sort of thing. You know, it's uh, yeah. He's not. He's not going to score against us. Touch yeah. wood. Yeah. Uh, couple of blasts here. Mo Sagaf scored for the second time in a week in Dagenham's seven nil win over Beckenham. This was a FA Cup yeah. match. Yeah. Uh, Olamola Olafelu scored twice in Wildstone's five three defeat at Boreham Wood. <laughs> Tristan Abrahams netted in Eastley's 3-1 win at Dorkin. Uh, down into a bit more lower leagues. Mark Beck scored a penalty in Darlington's 2-0 draw with Brackley. Liam Noble scored a penalty in Morpeth's 2-1 win over Stafford. Josh Todd scored in Queen of the South's 2-0 win against Peter Head. And Josh Galloway scored his first Annan goal in that 1-1 draw with uh, Stran Rab we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit of midweek. Naki Wells scored for Bristol City in the 2-0 win at West Brom. And Adam Campbell scored a brace for Gated in a 2-1 win over Altrinham. I think and I missed one. one that... Yeah, you, you put another one, didn't you? I haven't put in yet. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find that. Regan Slater, wasn't it? Oh, Re- Regan Slater scored yeah. last night for Hull, didn't he? Yes, so there you go. Uh, There's the yeah. other one. And and... The other random one for this week, Liam Cooper, former Loney. Played his 250th game for Leeds. Well, there you go. I mean, that's quite impressive, actually, to be mm. fair, for, for a club like Leeds to have played that many games. Because when he came online, he was decent, but he wasn't that good, I don't nah. think. But um, by all accounts, had a little bit of an attitude problem, I think it's fair to say. When he yeah. was so he's clearly grown up a bit since then, but there you go. Uh, well, that's it then. Thanks so much for joining me, Dan. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks once again to our sponsors, the London branch, for backing the pod this season. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, uh, there'll be two preview episodes next week. So we're going to get a Stockport preview out on Monday, hopefully. I'm going to record that with Mike on Sunday afternoon. Um, and obviously, the Tranmere one, we'll be doing that one as well. That might be earlier in the week because I'm actually away at a wedding. Frustratingly, my nearest 
away game of the season, I'm going to be down in Cardiff for it. <laughs> so there you go. That, that That's the way it works sometimes, isn't it? And and obviously, the week after that, we've got another interview episode coming. So uh, keep an eye out for that one as well. Uh, that's it then, Dan. Thanks once again. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And most importantly of all, up the blues. Up the blues.